Sacred Space on West Limerick 102. Okay, so welcome back again to Sacred Space and thank you very much for joining us this morning. Uh, as I said, um, I'm out and about again this time. I'm visiting the Limerick Charismatic Conference here in Limerick, um, held in October. It's actually in October every year. I joined uh, today by um, my wife Anne and Geraldine Creighton. Thank you, Geraldine, for facilitating us this morning. Um, but Geraldine, uh, I was at the Charismatic Conference here last year and heard the story of two wonderful people. And I said to Geraldine, no, it'd be great if we could get their story and, and record and all the rest of it. So, lucky enough, I've got them back again here. I'd like to welcome to the programme... Fiona Collins. Good morning, John. And Ed Collins. Good morning. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. All the way from? Belfast. Belfast. So That's one right. would wonder why you people from Belfast are down here, but that'll come to, we'll come to that story in a minute. A little bit about your background uh, in terms of your faith. Fiona? Well, I am the eldest of six children. Okay. As I said, I was born in Belfast. Okay. My family were practicing, and when I say practicing, I mean we went to Mass on Sunday. Okay. We also went to confession occasionally, mm. but I wouldn't say that I had a very strong faith. I would say that I had no personal relationship with God. It was more a mechanical process. What, you went to Mass every Sunday? Yes. Went to confession went to every now and again? Sunday. Like most, probably, people been brought up at that particular time. That's right, and okay. I was probably searching all along, although at the time For I yourself. didn't know it. Okay. Yes. Ed, yourself? I'm born in Belfast as well, John, mm-hmm. in um, North Belfast, grew up during the Troubles. Okay. Um, my parents were very, very strong in their faith, all right. and it was a great gift that they were able to pass that faith on to me. When you say strong now, Ed, you know, how do, how, how do you mean? Well, you know, when bullets are flying... Okay. <laughs> okay, okay, you're the message. And your mum and dad are sitting <laughs> saying the rosary and they uh, say, come uh, on, children, there were six of uh, us in the family. Yeah, okay, six as well. So yeah, six in both the families. Right. Okay, right. Uh, so you could see that even during the Troubles, their calmness love. and the faith that they had... Beautiful. ...just... We, we, we took that on board. Okay. So we did, you know, I mean, I can still remember kneeling down with my parents, brothers and sisters, and there were gun battles going on outside, and we were saying the rosary, and I was actually yawning during the rosary, and I was born, but yeah. I still have that memory. Yeah. And you kind of like felt safe. Mm. Parents had the great faith that they passed. Isn't it a, so a wonderful gift to have, to have parents to pass on the faith uh-huh. like that? As you grew up then, I mean, these, these would have been the early years, you know, childhood years. As you grew on then, maybe into teenage years and into, into your youth? Well, again, I went to a school called St. Malachy's. Mm-hmm. It was a Catholic school. They had mass every day. They had retreats. Okay. So, again, you had that support even growing up mm. um, in your student years. And then I went to teacher training college. Again, it was a Catholic teacher mm-hmm. training college. So again, I was, guided, mm. I was guided, as it were, for with all these pillars and encouragements to grow in faith. And, and your mates, you know, would they also have been involved maybe with their faith as strongly as yourself? Well, I wouldn't say as strong, but um, no, I think... For, for, for me at that moment, it was 
myself and God. There was something you know, inside like, you drawing there was you. Something, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was something deep down inside that I was attracted to, you know. Okay. But and, and I couldn't understand it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah, wasn't, yeah. I wasn't yeah. really aware, and mm. I didn't even question. You know why? Why am I going to mass? Yeah. Yeah. Well, why do I love receiving the Eucharist? It was just know? natural. It was just natural, mm. you know. Mm. And I didn't question it. Didn't analyze it. Just accepted it, you know. So when other people were going to the pubs for the drinks and all that, mm-hmm. you know, I was well. You see, what made it even better for me. As regards faith, you couldn't really go to the pubs without being blown up. Okay, you were safer to go to. You were safer to go to mass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so um, no, it, it, it was faith. Growing up during the troubles was a support. Was you know. And Fiona, did you, your teenage years and youth years in terms of the faith? Not at all, I would say. Not the same no, as that at all? Not at all. Okay. Even yeah. though I grew up in Belfast, it's okay. how God can meet you yeah, at some stage yeah, in your yeah, life, yeah, later yeah. on. So, um, as I say, I went to Mass mm. regularly. I never really lost that uh, mechanism yes, or yeah. that routine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I would say I went along happy go luckily mm. didn't think too much about God uh, probably searching in the background all the time without realising it myself yes yeah. but mm. um, no I had a, you know I went through my university years without any real faith I would say okay so you two somewhere along the line you two met that's right tell me the story <laughs> Well, I, I don't even know, John, how to keep it short. <laughs> <laughs> we have loads of space right. here. If you could, loads of time. Right? Yeah, loads of time. Fiona was actually 16 and I was 25 whenever we first met. Okay. And I was a teacher in uh, in West Belfast in, in, in a place called Beachmount, St. Paul's Primary School. I was 25. Okay. And because of the troubles, the, the parish priest of that area... He wanted to bring, you know, the, the children from that area on a holiday. Mm-hmm. And the holiday resort was in a place called Portaferry, which is in the county down coast. Okay. But he needed people to help him to look after the, the children. So he asked some of the teachers from, from our school to help out. Of course we did. But we also needed other leaders. So we had to do a training course mm-hmm. in a place called Newcastle. And he, he actually went to Fiona's school, which was uh, St. Dominic's on mm. the road, and asked for St. Vincent de Paul volunteers mm. from, from, from that school. And they went, we went to Newcastle, we did a training course, and I saw this beautiful girl just sitting in the group. <laughs> And we were teaching songs and how to look after kids and holidays and things like that. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And I fell in love. Just like that. Just like that. She was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Beautiful curly hair. Okay. Not a bit like Beautiful smile, John, you know. Mm-hmm. But what, I, what really attracted me about Fiona was her love for life, you know, mm-hmm. the smile, you know. Yeah. So that summer... We had a, our children's holiday, and anybody that know that's ever worked on a children's holiday knows it's hard work. But we discovered 
that we actually worked well together. Mm. So we started going out with each other, and whenever Fiona was 18, she went to university. Okay. And then she made a discovery that, that, that I, I, I find quite difficult to cope with. She discovered that there were fellows in the university who were more handsome than I was. That was a problem. That was a problem. And, and the university opened up a whole new horizon for her, you know. So, uh, um, I, could see, I could see as time went on, I was falling in love with Fiona more each day and she was falling more in love with her freedom okay mm-hmm. and eventually when Fiona was 20 years old the writing was on the wall because she came to me and she says do you know Evan as part of my university course I've got a chance to go to France for a year uh, uh, and I said alright <laughs> yeah underneath it all I'm thinking to myself now for a year that means you know she'll be away from me for a year that's not really very loving so it's not but I said well what would you like to do and Fiona says yeah I'm going to go for the year to France so I was actually heartbroken yeah Hmm. and my love flew off to France in September and I went back to school and this is when a whole series of coincidences happened that no longer could I put down the coincidence. Mm. And it was all to do with Our Lady of Fatima. And you know, to a, This is the 12th of October, tomorrow will be the 13th of October. Yes, mm. And, mm. and the 13th mm. of May, 13th of October, yeah. the when Ed just mentioned there that 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 that, that uh, he he was really falling for you. That's right. Your sort of reaction to himself, were you? Well, I fell for Ed too, okay. but I was, as Ed said, full of life. Yeah. yeah. I just started learning French at Queen's University. Okay. And I loved all things French and anything to do with France. And the opportunity to pass up a year in France was just too much. Yes. And well, to be honest, I didn't really look further yes, than yes. the day that, that was, that was it. at. So I went off full of the joys of spring, ready to embrace the world and just see what Love come what may. So And of course you were saying, yeah, this is what has to be, <laughs> says Ed, yeah. Is that right, Eddie? You, you, what do you say, John, you have to you have to remember that, or try to picture the scene. There's Fiona away off to France. Uh, My love is now in France, and I'm thinking, oh, she's going to meet some French George Clooney type, yeah, you know, who speaks French as well. Know. Yeah. So I am going back into into the classroom situation. I've got a pre four class, lovely class, uh-huh. and but I'm really depressed. Okay. You see, and the first thing that happened was. One of the children in my class, at the end of the day, he came up and he said to me, Mr. Collins, my granny was out in Fatima and she got a little prayer card for you. And I, I didn't know anything about Fatima or didn't, didn't know anything about the message of Fatima. Mm-hmm. I took the wee prayer card off him and it was a picture of the three children of Fatima. Mm-hmm. 
uh, on, a, on a prayer, the angel's prayer, and a little bit about the, the miracle of Fatima. Okay. And I was saying to the child, oh, tell your granny thanks very much, mm-hmm. you know. So didn't think anything more until a couple of weeks later, another child in the class came up and said to me, Mr. Collins, my granny's going out to Fatima and she's going to pray for you. So I thought, I must look really depressed with all these grannies, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, tell your granny thanks very much. Yeah. Right. And then at the end of September, I went on a, a, a retreat. It was a teacher's retreat. Uh, and I was talking to an old retired teacher. Okay. And she says to me, do you know, you're teaching a P4 class. I've got a great book on teaching the Eucharist to eight-year-old children. So she says, give me your address. And she opened up her handbag and she took out an envelope and she was writing my address down. And she says, do you know, isn't this a coincidence? This envelope is from Fatima. Have you ever heard of Fatima? He says, funny. Yeah. You know, a couple of children in my class have just mentioned it recently, mm. you know. Mm. She says, I'll send you a tape, uh, a cassette tape on the story of Fatima. So the following week, the book didn't arrive, but the cassette tape on the story of Fatima arrived. And I listened to it, and it was a fascinating story. Once you got into the whole message of Fatima, about what happened, the whole series of events, the six months, you know, I was just hooked, you know. Mm-hmm. So then I used to go to, I would have gone to daily mass, you see, as well. Mm-hmm. But because I was teaching, it would have been in the evening times. And not every parish had daily mass, so we go to different churches in Belfast. And a, a few nights after listening to the tape, I was in one church one night, and the priest said, Bill McCavanagh is going to give a slideshow on the story of Fatima. And he says, Fatima again? Mm-hmm. But I didn't go. Mm. Another night, different church, and the priest at the end said, Bill McAvanagh is going to give a slideshow on the story of Fatima. Somebody's trying to tell you something. It began to hit me there, you know. <laughs> but again, I didn't go. Because mm. I had my notes through for the next day. A third night it happened. <laughs> different church, different priest, and again he said, Bill McAvanagh. Wow. is going to give a slideshow story of Fatima. So mm. I said to myself, now look, mm. I think God's definitely trying to tell me something so. here. Next time it happens, I'm going to go to the slideshow. But I can't go tonight, I said, because I'd arranged to go up to meet Fiona's mum and dad to see how Fiona was getting on in France. So I was walking out of the church, and a man, don't even know who he was, he came over, and I remember him putting his hand on my arm and he said do you know Sonny he said you need to go to this talk it's going to be very useful for you and I said no 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 because I don't like people putting mm. pressure on me mm. you know mm. so I said oh no no sorry I've got an appointment tonight so I went out and I remember putting the key into the lock the, into the door of the car and saying to myself now too many coincidences yeah. about Fatima mm. I think Our Lady wants me to go here Mm. So I went to the talk, and it was fascinating. It was a, a 
a man called Bill McCavena. He was from West Belfast, and mm. he had been to Fatima uh, a lot of times, and he knew the story inside out, and he gave the talk. But he said something during the talk that really struck me. He said, if you pray to God through Our Lady of Fatima, no matter what your request is, it will be granted, or during your prayer you will discover what you should be praying for. No. And I came out of there and I said, right, Our Lady, I'm going to put you to the test here. That's this stuff, okay. <laughs> Perfect timing. Yeah. You're not really supposed to uh, test out Our Lady, sure you're not. No, but anyway, not, but just in case anyway. When, so you're, when said, you're in the pressure, go ahead. Anyway. I said, Our Lady, I'm going to start praying to God through you that Fiona says yes to me okay so I started praying started saying the rosary uh, we make little sacrifices uh, say we live in North Belfast in a three story house with no central heating around like that and it was really cold during November and December and I used to get up in the middle of the night and kneel down at the side of the bay and saying a deck of the rosary and Fiona would say yes and Fiona came home that Christmas uh-huh. and I was glad to say she hadn't met a French man she hadn't met a French man <laughs> so, <far, laughs> so, so far so good and we continued on with the relationship it was great we chatted and she told me all the things that were happening in France and we had a good time remember it snowed that's right. Like mm-hmm. That's and you made a snowman. Mm-hmm. And I was in love with the night, wasn't it? <laughs> 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 but anyway, Fiona went back. No, sorry. Were you aware of who's mm-hmm. testing that lady at this stage? You didn't at know. At this stage, I was oblivious to everything. So you were off learning your French. Still- Footloose, fancy free, in France. Off you go. Enjoying life. Nice to see you, Ed. Good luck. Got yeah. some more stuff to do in France. Okay. Well, now. you know, John, if I had said to Fiona, do you know Fiona, I'm getting up at three o'clock in the morning saying, Dick, is the rosary? Yeah. Say, yes, he's a, he's, a, he's a weirdo. That's right. The white, the white coat, yeah. I would have lost it completely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Fiona went back to France after Christmas, and there was a wee bit of hope there that, you know, my prayer to God, to Our Lady of Fatima, was working. And the other thing was, Fiona was going to come back again in February okay. for her sister's wedding. A younger sister was getting married. And it was also going to be Fiona's 21st birthday in March. Uh-huh. So I decided to get Fiona a really good present for her 21st birthday. And I went down to a jeweller's after Christmas and I said, I'm looking for you know, a nice present for my, my girlfriend's 21st birthday. And he produced these rings. And... There was a beautiful solitaire ring, which looked a wee bit like an engagement ring, but it wasn't. Mm. It was an eternity ring that any girl would have loved for eternity. (laughs) So I... I I didn't know... This is where I saw it. You're talking into your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) So I bought the ring, and the jeweller says, now what's her ring size? And I says, oh, I don't know what her ring uh-huh. size is. But he gave me a little pink card. And he says, whenever your girlfriend comes back and you give her the ring, <laughs> bring this pink card and we'll size uh-huh. it for free. So I was all delighted. And Fiona came home in February, went to the sister's wedding. It was great. And the following night, 
we went out for dinner because she was going back to France then you see mm-hmm. and uh, we went out for dinner and we went to a, a lovely little little place called Shaw's Bridge and I can still picture Shaw's Bridge and the moon was shining and I remember the moon reflecting on the waters of the river as it went underneath the bridge and we went out for a wee walk just along the river and then went back to the car and I had the ring all wrapped up in beautiful gold paper with a, a gold ribbon on it and I sat in the car and I said Fiona you're going back to France tomorrow and it's going to be your 21st birthday mm-hmm. I, I got you a wee present just for your your, your birthday so I remember I took the, the box and I gave it to Fiona and I watched her face as she had undid the ribbon right. and then she opened up the gold paper and then she opened up the gold box looked at the ring inside and her face just dropped uh-uh. and she closed the box and gave it back to me and she says Edmund that is an engagement ring and I am not ready for engagement uh, uh, or marriage uh, or anything uh, like that. And my faith, John, mm. was shattered. All the sacrifices, all the prayers went into that river in front of me, you know. And I was devastated because it was almost as if I'd been praying and making sacrifices, I'd been storming heaven mm. and it hadn't worked. It hadn't worked in that you didn't get what you wanted when you wanted. Exactly. Okay. So Fiona went back to France. I was devastated. But I always remember Bill McAvanagh saying, keep praying until you discover what you should really be praying for. So in March, it was coming up to St. Patrick's Day, and I was being tormented. My love was going stronger and stronger. And Fiona love for freedom I suppose was growing stronger too and I knew I couldn't go on like this Mm. I was torturing myself and I said I'll have to go over to France and have it out with Fiona once and for all does she want me or not we would still have been writing to Mm. each other you know Fiona's letters would have been you know I'm having a great time over here in France you know (laughs) my letters would have been oh Fiona darling I miss you so much when you're coming home again (laughs) but uh, no I thought I'll have to go over to France and have it out with Fiona she was in a place called Saint-Mexon-Lécaux which is in the south west of France south west west okay now, I hate flying, but you, you know whenever you're in love, you will do anything, even climb Everest. Mm-hmm. Even if you have a fear of heights, you'll do anything mm-hmm. when you're in love. So I got a plane over to London, a plane from London to Paris, the train from Paris down to a place called Poitiers, booked in the hotel, and I haven't got any French on there again, you know, okay. I was just Holy Spirit, oh, yeah, yeah. you know. Next day, I got a train to Saint-Mixon and gave Fiona the surprise of her life whenever I landed in Saint-Mixon. <laughs> I'd say you How did you get here? <laughs> I mean, we had a good few days Fiona showed me the places and, and her friends and Saint-Mixon and all. But I always remember the train station at half six in the morning. Uh, I was going back up to Paris 
and we were standing on the platform. It was still dark and it was freezing as well. And I remember standing on the platform and I said, Fiona, you know, I'm going back home. You want your freedom. And I'm being eaten away here. It doesn't seem to be working. I think maybe we should finish. And Fiona said, yeah, I think that's a good idea. Oh, whoa. Mm. That was a problem. It was a problem, John. I don't know whether you remember, there's a film called The Song of Bernadette. Mm -hmm. And during that film, Bernadette has gone up to Nevers, to the convent in Nevers. She's been sent to the convent in Nevers. And a parish priest is coming out and he sees her in the carriage and he has a little prayer card. And he says to St. Bernadette, Bernadette, if you ever need me, just send that prayer card mm. and I'll know that you want to see me. Mm. Well, I didn't have a prayer card, but I had the little pink card that the jeweler gave me, mm. you see. Mm. So I'm standing on the platform at the train station. Fiona's just said, I want my freedom. Mm. And I said, I'm going to have to let you go. Mm-hmm. And she agrees then. So I took out my wallet and took the little pink card mm-hmm. and I said to Fiona, look Fiona, if you ever change your mind, whether it's one year, five years, ten years, mm-hmm. I will never stop loving you. All you have to do is just send that little pink card to me and I'll know what it means. Mm-hmm. So we hugged each other for the last time and I got on the train and there were tears in my eyes and a wave goodbye to Fiona and Fiona waved. Hi <laughs> <laughs> Ed. He's gone. He's gone. <laughs> He's away. He's out of my life. <laughs> okay. Uh, and, and the emptiness though, John, that I felt yes. at that moment hmm. was not only had a lost Fiona but in a kind of a way, I'd lost God as well. I was just going to say, how was your faith now with this? Yeah, devastating. It's mm. not working. No, my faith, there is no God. Mm. He doesn't exist. He hasn't given you what he wants. Yeah, mm. he hasn't answered my prayer. Mm. That's it. And yet, deep down inside, there was, that, there was still that little word from Bill McAvaner, keep praying, keep praying. Don't give up. Wow. No matter how dark, how deep things are, don't give up. So I went back and I just said to myself, right, I'll have to accept things the way they are and get on with my life. Mm. I'll keep praying until Our Lady sorts this out and lets me know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So a few months later, I'm sitting at the breakfast table and I've just had my breakfast and my sister, my younger youngest sister in fact, she came in to the kitchen and she says, Edmund, here's a letter from France. Thought you and Fiona were finished. Hmm. And I tried to pretend to be macho, you know, and uh, cool and but my wee heart was palpitating because mm-hmm. I was wondering now what's what's <laughs> it's all over, but what's Fiona sent me a letter? <laughs> 
So I just coolly got up out of the breakfast table and I says, oh, Philomena, yeah, I'll take that uh, letter. Yeah, that's okay. Oh, we're still friends, you know. And I went up the stairs to my bedroom, shaking away, wondering, what's this letter? And I remember standing in the bedroom and my hand shaking and I carefully opened up the letter. And whenever I opened up the letter, out fell the little pink card. Wow. Mm. And there was one page of a letter mm. saying, Edmund, I've decided to commit myself to you. And I just remember kneeling down on the floor and throwing my arms up and praising God because not only had I received that pink card, mm. but the day I received that pink card was the 13th of May, the feast of Our Lady of Fatima. Wow. But I realised yeah. at that moment, yes. at that moment I realised that there really was a God. Okay. And Our Lady had been listening, he had been listening as well. She had taken my request to her son wow. and all the time even though I realised or thought, no, no, he's not there, he's not listening. They were listening all the time, mm-hmm. you know. And it was, an, it was actually an extraordinary moment, John, you know. That just, when you're absolutely convinced mm-hmm. God is alive, yeah. he mm-hmm. is there, mm-hmm. he's listening to you, mm-hmm. it, was, it was an amazing moment. And the 13th of May as well. Well, the other strange thing was, when you looked at Fiona's letter, she had written it on the 2nd of May, Mm -hmm. but she hadn't posted it until the 6th of May. Okay. Which is... Which meant it would have been coming to you. If she had posted it on the 2nd, it wouldn't arrive on the 13th. And I remember afterwards saying to Fiona, why, why... Well, maybe you can explain. That's yeah. right. Everybody always asks me that question, yes. John. Why yeah. did you why? post it? Yeah. Well, I knew nothing about our Lady of Fatima, first of all. Mm. Okay, so the date didn't mean anything to me. For years, I couldn't answer that question myself. Mm-hmm. And it's only after, I suppose, I entered into a relationship with God myself and mm-hmm. I understood why. And it was because Edmund, I did love him, but mm. I was nine years younger than him, yeah, and I wanted yeah. my freedom, and mm. freedom was a big thing to me, mm. and it still is to mm. a certain extent. Mm. But God wants us to be free, and the fact that Edmund had said to me, I will love you, and yes. I, I love you, I will always love you, but I'm giving you your freedom, mm. in the same way that God says that to us. Mm-hmm. You know, I love you, I will always love you, and thank God for having the patience to wait on us to turn yes. to him because mm. he waited a long time for me it mm. took me until mm. the age of 35 until I really discovered God God and entered oh, that's right. mm. into so that's so you really don't know you know between the second and the sixth why it's just one of those things as you just post it on the sixth I posted it without mm. any knowledge of dates or anything like that so what happened then we got married ah yeah. on the 9th of August 1986. That's right. In fact, it was the anniversary of, of, of internment. And Fiona... No. <laughs> it was an amazing... <laughs> is this a coincidence again? <laughs> internment? internment? It was an amazing right. day because there were riots in the Falls Road. See, Fiona lived in a, in a, in a place called Twinbrook. Which West, is, West Belfast. West Belfast. Mm. 
And um, uh, I remember I had to collect my brother from the Falls Road mm. on my wedding day because he couldn't get out of his house because of the barricades and all. But I managed to get in, in through the barricades and the and the and, and, and the fires and all that. And I collected him and brought him up to to Trinbrook to St right. Luke's and for for the wedding day it was a it was a great wedding day though. So it was, wasn't it? it? Was you have to say that but we were still living from a faith point of view for a long time after that separate life that's, 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 yeah, that's, that's what I want to come to yeah. right? so you're, uh, you weren't really aware no. of how strong his family and I couldn't put pressure on Fiona mm-hmm. I mean I was going to mass every day the, the good thing was though that Fiona never said to me don't you be going to yeah. mass every mm-hmm. day mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and I wouldn't say to Fiona Fiona you come to mass with me every day you know, and I was just wondering even neighbours would have known you to go into mass every day. Do you know? Yes. Right? Yeah. And, and sometimes people say, "Oh, look at him! He's going to mass every day." And would you have had that sort of pressure, like from maybe some of your neighbours saying, "Your husband's going to mass every day, are you? Is he right? No, fine, no, fine. Okay. So continuing on, you're living away the, your face in, in your own way, and you are too. And then. We did happened. that for about 16 years and we were very happy. We used to go to France every year because I love France and Edmund developed a great love for France. Uh-huh. So Edmund would have gone to Mass, as he says, every day, even on holiday. Even and holiday. I would have gone to the hairdressers to the shops. So very, we were in agreement well, between us and it worked wonderfully. Very natural, John. Very natural. very natural. <laughs> <laughs> the real world, you know. <laughs> very much so. We know our place. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. So then, after sixteen years, there's something happened or click in terms of the faith. After sixteen years, what happened? Well, Edmund was paying for me first of all, all yeah. along. All along. I didn't okay. realise that. Okay. You know, and I'm sure now that that has had a great part to play in that. Mm. But one day, I saw an advert just in the parish bulletin mm. for life and the spirit seminars, okay. and for some reason. I was attracted to that. Mm. So I went to Life in the Spirit seminars. I listened to people's testimonies. I was just recalling that this evening. Mm-hmm. Yes, thinking yeah. about that. And I was very touched by them all. And I knew enough from what I'd heard that God wants to give us everything. You know, and as a language teacher I teach French as well. Okay. The thing that really I really wanted was a gift of tongues. But I knew God wanted to give me more than the gift of tongues. Uh-huh. So at the end of the six weeks in the Life and Spirit seminars, I said, while people were praying over me, Lord, give me the holy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want like it all. And everybody laughed. You're, full, you're full of life for your life. <laughs> no, I went right. home after those seminars, singing every night, very happy. I didn't really know what it was. It was great. Now, but nothing happened. Was Ed with you at these seminars? No, seminar? I went on my own. What did you make of this? Well, she went off to the seminars and come back. Or... Well, do, do you know, what, what gets me, John, is people have different personalities. Uh, and what mm-hmm. attracts some people may not attract other uh, okay, people. Okay. So we all have our own way of getting closer to the Lord. Okay. And for Fiona, Fiona's an extrovert. Yeah. So being getting involved with the Life and the Spirit seminars was... Her way okay. of getting closer to the Lord, you know. So the life, so you did six of these. So I did six of mm-hmm. those, but I suppose at the time I didn't realise that anything had happened physically. I didn't feel anything. Yeah. Nothing changed. Nothing 
changed really in my mm-hmm. life but I suppose that was the gateway yes. to my relationship with God looking back uh, okay. okay so after that then we still continued to go to France and in the year 2000 I invited my parents to come with me now they're not great travellers my okay. father's from the south of Ireland homely man slippers at the fire doesn't so I was so excited I wanted to show them France and yes. you know let them taste the beautiful food and the wine mm-hmm. and just to immerse them a little yeah. bit yes. to give them a little yes. bit of the love that I had and what you had. Yeah. so in 2000 they said they would come with us and I had a little book of family run hotels mm-hmm. and I looked it up because we'd been travelling around France mm-hmm. for about 16 years at this stage so we practically knew everywhere and mm-hmm. we really wanted to be more than just tourists so okay. everywhere we had been before that we started going into the state agents mm-hmm. looking for a little place to buy so anyway my parents came over in the year 2000 and I had booked a hotel in a place called Cherol never been before it's in Burgundy over mm-hmm. on the east side of France and again, we just picked up because mm-hmm. we'd never been there before, quite randomly. And they arrived and we drove down to Cherol and it was lighting rain. There was a very, very bad storm. Mm. And we ended up in this hotel and the lady was quite strange. There was nobody about, thunder and lightning outside. There was a china cabinet with dolls in it and mm. we're kind of looking like at us. It was strange. It was a wee bit like an alphabet copy. <laughs> <laughs> the lady went off to get the key of the two rooms. Uh, four of us were left standing for about 20 minutes and didn't come back nobody about and it's still continuing to Mm -hmm. rain heavily outside so I forget who it was now but one of us said I'm not staying here I don't like the atmosphere and we hadn't paid any deposit or anything so we dashed outside into the car in the light and rain didn't look behind us and drove to the next town which happened to be Perry Lemonia which is a place of the sacred heart which we didn't know anything about Mm -hmm. either So we stayed there, we went to the tourist office, got a hotel for the night and we thought, well this is a nice little place, you may as well stay Mm -hmm. here now that we're here for the few days that my parents were with us. And again we went in, just before we went off, we went into the state agents Mm -hmm. and asked about the possibility of buying somewhere in the area. Mm -hmm. And the estate agent said, well there is a little place coming up on the market, give me your details and I'll contact you when the place comes on the market for sale. So we went off then, my parents went home, Ed and I went to Rome for the whole year. Mm-hmm. And we went back home that year again, a little bit despondent and a little bit down, thinking there's another year we haven't got anything. And, and, and I forgot totally about the mm-hmm. estate agent. And, and okay, yeah. And then friends of mine invited me, along with my mother and some of my sisters, or three sisters, and a niece to spend some time with them in Brussels. And in the school where I was teaching, a good mm-hmm. friend of mine who was also a French teacher said, Fiona, why are you going with your family to Brussels? Sure, why would you not take them to Paris? Don't mm-hmm. you love Paris and you mm-hmm. can show them Paris? And I said, right enough, mm-hmm. why am I going to Brussels when I could be going to Paris? So mm-hmm. we changed our plans, went to Paris. Mm-hmm. We'd just booked the tickets. And two days after we had the tickets and all booked, the letter came in from the estate agent mm-hmm. saying, little house for sale lovely garden and two apple trees in the garden so once I heard the apple trees that was me wow he was old <laughs> I'm here and so I phoned him from yeah. school I yeah. asked permission to phone from school yeah. and I said you'll never believe it I'm coming over to Paris with my family yeah. and we'll get the train down and we'll have a look at the house Ed and I wasn't coming with me so I was with my yes. family 
which we did. We went to Paris with my mother and my sisters and my niece. Um, my sister then decided to come with me because it was quite expensive to take the train right down yes, to Burgundy. Yes. So we left them all in Paris and we went down to Burgundy for the day to look mm. at this house. And I was quite nervous as mm. Ian wasn't with me. And we were mm. on the bus on the way out to meet the estate agent. And I said, now God, and you're probably not meant to do this either, but I did it. <laughs> I said, God, give me a little sign. <laughs> do it every day. Do, do it every day. <laughs> not a big sign, but just a little sign. You got it. <laughs> and I said, I hail Mary. Yeah. Um, with my mind's eye, yeah. not with my two physical eyes, yes. but in my mind's eye, I saw a crucifix, black and white picture of a crucifix above uh-huh. the bed. Uh-huh. So I didn't say anything to my sister who was beside me on the bus. We went, met the state agent, and he brought us out to the farmer and his wife. Mm. And we were, it was a glorious day, the end of October. The sun was shining, mm. crisp and bright and beautiful. Beautiful. And mm. the farmer and his wife were very friendly, and they spoke to me in French, and my sister was mm. beside me. And it was the most beautiful smell, and she couldn't get over it. Neither could I, I could smell it. But obviously they couldn't, because they said, that's a lovely smell. Mm. And all three of them, the estate agent and the farmer and his wife, were saying, oh yeah, that's just the country smell. Mm. But it was mm. beautiful. Anyway, we went over to the little house, which was only 22 square metres then. Just like one, like a little garage, the size of a garage. 22 self-contained, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, okay. That's apartment. And we opened the front door, everything was in the one room bed and all. I looked across, the bed was in the corner, and there was the crucifix wow. above the bed. Wow. And I said to my sister, this is our house. So there you have it. You and after that, that <laughs> you our lives changed for the better. Big time. <laughs> Big Sacred time. Heart. So, at this stage, you are now informed that you're the proud owner of a house in France, is that it? And you know, John... The, the, we started off with Our Lady of Fatima. Yeah. That's right. We ended up with Pile O'Neill, the Holy Sacred Heart. And yeah, the St. Louis de Montfort. Yeah. He says to Jesus through, through Mary. Yeah. Right. So, in a kind of a way, our, our, our faith journey yeah. has also been through the Immaculate Heart of Mary to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. You know, from from Fatima okay. to to Paranormal. So now you've got the house. I've got the house, yes. and we're still a little, well, I personally mm. speaking, still a little bit obstinate, I suppose, mm. as far as God's concerned. We we started going into Paranormal, which, um, as I say, is the shrine of the Sacred Heart, and the manual community. They have been given guardianship of Paralimonial. Mm-hmm. So they run what they call sessions every summer. Mm-hmm. There's a big tent in the gardens and about 5,000 people come to each session, families, okay. people, young people, all mm-hmm. sorts of people. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have mass and adoration. So we used to go in there simply because... They did the cheapest cup of tea in time. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. <laughs> we went there quite huh? regularly. And the old time we would have gone into the tent where people were, you know, giving their testimony mm-hmm. or there was masking on, but we always sat at the back near the door so that we could make a quick exit. I still had this whole thing about freedom and I didn't want to be tied to Yeah, okay. And it was amazing the coincidences that happened and the people we met and met from one year to the next just happened to bump into which I now realise you know weren't coincidences and these testimonies were all in French they were all in French do you want to do the translation for yourself okay okay 
Uh, now this, this, you know, just going back to the life in you know, life in the spirit experience that you had and the seminars. Were you sort of practicing any of those things, or were you, were you reading scripture a bit more at this stage, or you know, straight no, after? Not, not really. No, no. I was okay. fascinated by people's okay. stories. Okay. But I didn't think that God would ever be interested in this. Although I desired it in my heart, I didn't think like God would okay. have taken an interest in me. Okay. So Palais de Malayal and the and the Emmanuel community. This is where you're not, you are now at the moment, right? That's right. Because you'd be coming over to there each year, I suppose, from 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 the north of a trance. It was unusual. Even whenever we tell the story about how we found the house, mm. we found the house first mm. before we met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, we were guided to that house first and it took us a few uh, well we wanted to find out because you hear so much about cults and sects and things like that you know all this brainwashing that sometimes goes on Mm -hmm. so it took us years to really suss out the manual we really wanted to know what, what 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 is their driving force who is in fact one said, "Who runs the manual community?" Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the girl said, "The Holy Spirit." Oh, wow. wow! And I thought that's wow. a good answer. <laughs> you used to go to the to here each year and listen to these testimonies and these wonderful talks they were getting each year. Did you ever visit any other communities, maybe back home, to get the same sort of experience? You know, to, to evaluate one with the other. Do you know what I mean? in my, oh. Yeah, in my early days, John, I was involved in the, in the Focolari movement. Okay. So it was, you mm. know, and I mean, that was based on scripture as well and, mm. and, and the prayer groups, but it just, it just wasn't my way. Okay. It just wasn't so my way. So you know? it came to a point when you said, okay, the Emmanuel community, we're yeah, here. We're, really. we're here. That's, yes, but before that, mm. I have to just add in... Mm. The Emmanuel community came to Belfast to do a mission. Okay. Not in the parish where we were living, uh, okay. but in the school where I was teaching okay. in the parish okay. where my school was. So I went just to welcome all the French people coming from mm-hmm. France and the mm-hmm. Emmanuel community, and then they invited us to the mission. Okay. And so the mission was very similar to what you. The very first sermon. In the mission St. Anne's, and, and, and it was amazing. The priest, the sermon was about coincidences. <laughs> and he started off his sermon and he said, Do you know, he said, it is no coincidence that you are all here tonight. And I'm saying to myself, if this you is only God talking again. <laughs> if you only do. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. The more we got to know the manual community, the more we realised how it was a vehicle for getting you closer to God. Mm-hmm. The, the, the charisms of adoration, compassion mm-hmm. and evangelisation, mm-hmm. those are three things that appeal to me. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I realised that you can't really have a relationship with Jesus in the, unless you get to know him. Mm-hmm. And one of the best ways of getting to know the personal Jesus is through adoration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then through the adoration, you realise, you know, there are people out there that need help. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. 
you know. Mm. And one of the things you also discover, and I only discovered this through the Emmanuel community, was how much people are thirsting for God, yeah. but won't admit it. Mm. You know, we're searching, we're going for the drugs, we're going for alcohol, we're going for the internet, we're going for Facebook. Shopping. We're going shopping. (laughs) Has been known. But we're going to all these different places searching for this elusive happiness, you know? And yet, what what we're really searching for is God. You know, deep down inside, um, people do have an emptiness. Yeah that they're trying to fill all the time mm-hmm. and there's only one person that can fill yeah. that emptiness yeah. and I think it's, you know it was through the manual community that I discovered yeah, we have to help people to realise that this emptiness can only be filled by God so did you join? So so you joined? Well, it took us about three, four years, didn't mm-hmm. we? We didn't join now, later. We're still very worried. You were still, you were still working away. These we guys, we didn't need to be sussed out. Okay. We went to the first community weekend in Dublin. Then we went home and went to a community weekend in Dublin. Okay. And we were a bit anxious, I suppose, okay. before we yeah. went. You know? yeah. But we went anyway, and we had, you know, a great time. We, we enjoyed it uh-huh. and I remember walking away from the community weekend saying we got away we escaped nobody put any pressure on us that yes. was the beauty yeah. of it all yes. you yeah. know, we still had especially for yourself now your freedom that's right mm. we still mm. had our freedom mm. but they mm. definitely had a joy yeah. we knew that we were in the right place uh, okay. we just kept resisting for that little okay. Long, okay. You know. okay. and eventually we eventually decided... we took a step into the community because we were realising that it was through the community that we were getting closer to God. Yeah. Mm. If we weren't getting closer to God, there was no point in you know taking no. a step in the community. Mm. Mm. But it's through the community that you realise that we realise that we're getting closer to God, and also it was an opportunity to help other people as well. And this was through those three things. The Eucharistic, well, adoration, compassion, compassion and evangelization. They, they were yeah. strong on that. You didn't see that in any other community or any other organization that you'd witnessed within your life, but for some reason, this touched you. Really, yeah. You made the step anyway to join, to, uh-huh. to join, which involved... Just being in front of the Lord and saying, for one year, dear Lord, we're going to be part of the Emmanuel community. We're going to fulfil our promise to adore you every day, to go to Mass, to praise, to be compassionate to those that we meet, mm-hmm. and to try and bring others closer to you, to spread the good news. Beautiful. You know? And then you renew your commitment at the end of each year, the each year. December, you know. and the beautiful thing about that would be that, that because you are within community the encouragement they that you encourage get each other that's yeah. right we have, we have a, what, what is known as mezzanine um, once, once a week and because we're spread out north and central Ireland and down south we meet well, we meet in the north. There are one, two, or six of us meet in the north um, once a week. 
and we just share how we're living those charisms of adoration, compassion, evangelization, mm-hmm. and we encourage each other, and we have praise, and we pray, and we take a word from the Bible. Um, we ask the Holy Spirit to help us, and we pray for each other as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very important that you know that mm-hmm. there are people praying for yeah, you. Yeah, wonderful. You know? And then we have the the community weekend once once a month, and we go to the Tala Shopping Centre on the Saturday. Um, for me, I I would be very, um, I suppose, introvert. Fiona's the extrovert. She loves people. Mm-hmm. I'm a wee bit more introverted. You've still got to convince me of that, but go on and <laughs> <laughs> No, but it was, it was hard for me to go to a shopping centre and to complete strangers encourage them into the oratory to adoration in the oratory. But what amazed me was the reaction of people. Now, we've been doing this for four years in Tala, and not once have we ever had any abuse from anybody. Um, the Tala Shopping Centre and I have given us a table outside Debenhams, mm-hmm. and Fiona and the community, we give out candles and we invite people to go down to the oratory to, um, just to say a prayer maybe for some need sick, to make a petition or to take a word of scripture. And it's amazing how many people are willing to do that. And you can see the thirst. Would you see them then sort of coming back to you then? Week after week? Well, you would. You know, you know, again, thank you very much indeed for the encouragement you gave me last time. And do you know, there, there, there was a woman, just, just a, a quick example, just just uh, just before the summer there, we were there was a woman laden down with her with her shopping bags, and you could see in her face that she had the worries of the world carried on her on her face and her shoulders. And we happened to say to her, "Would you like to pray for somebody?" And at first she said, "No, no, no," and then she walked on a little bit, and then she came back and she took the candle. And she said, well, where's your oratory? I said, it's down beside the post office. And she went down and she went into adoration. And I met her afterwards and her face was totally changed. She had a big smile on her face. And she said, you know, those 20 minutes for me were priceless. Wonderful. Thank you very much for sending me down there. Wonderful. And you know that, that made mm. the whole day for me. <laughs> so your experience now that you've joined the Emmanuel community, Fiona? Well, I would say, as Edmund has already mm. said, that for me it was a vehicle of really developing yeah. my personal relationship with Jesus, yes. who is alive and well mm-hmm. and very much so. Mm-hmm. And I found through the Emmanuel community what I thought, in fact, that I was going to lose, which was freedom. Yes. And freedom that true freedom now that only really the Lord can give. Yeah. 
I can imagine somebody letting you loose inside and tell it happens. And yeah. well, I do enjoy it. John, She's on fire. I say, no, 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 did you have any problem, by the way, the Emmanuel community being there and, and doing what you're doing within the Tata shop? I said, you know, the, the authorities there don't have a problem with you doing what you're doing. I think there's an element of trust. Good. Uh, I think initially you, you, you have to let people know that you're not a weirdo sector. Yeah. That you're That's not putting pressure on people. Yeah. Mm. That you're not forcing people. That you're just encouraging people. Mm. You're there. You've made yourself available. Yeah, I think that's the important thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Somebody might be struggling. Somebody, somebody might have a question, and no doubt, maybe there's times when people come up to you and say, "Listen, I've got this, I've got this problem with with the church or whatever it might be." Mm-hmm. And if you guys weren't there, they would have had that opportunity to express that. Maybe, maybe they were afraid to go to church. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're afraid to go to mass. Mm-hmm. Maybe afraid to go to that oratory. Mm-hmm. But that little candle, that little quiet well, word, whatever. September. There were 55 candles at the end of the day, which meant that 55 shoppers had taken a little bit of time mm-hmm. out of the shopping just to be with the Lord, even if it was only for a few minutes' time. You know, and, and that's really encouraging. Mm. So it is that you have, you have people who mm. are willing to spend even a little bit of time with the Lord. And does this same experience happen elsewhere outside of the Tala? I mean, would it happen around the Midwest or Cork or Limerick or? I don't know. Maybe it's about. Uh, well, maybe we're going to find out that you need you need people down here maybe to do it. Please. We've asked we've asked the Lord for three hundred people by the end of this year to help us in our work. Okay. So uh, I think by June, John. There are going to be 300 new members in the Manual community. Now, that just, you, talk, you talk about coincidences, because my next question was going to be that if somebody was interested after listening to you guys, were a little bit more interested in the Emmanuel community and what you're all about, maybe it's fair now at this stage I should introduce again and welcome again Geraldine Creighton yes, to the program again, because Geraldine's been with us before and the Emmanuel community. These guys, thanks a lot for introducing us to these guys now today, Geraldine. But Geraldine, if somebody wanted to get a little bit more, to find out a bit more about the Emmanuel community and so on and so forth, how would they do it? Well, I suppose we have a, a, web, a website. Which it is? EmmanuelCommunity.ie. Okay. So uh, that's available online. And if you want to email, they can go at uh, info at EmmanuelCommunity.ie. And that gets to me, actually, directly. Okay. So um, the, the website is there to give some information. Um, we, we're here in Limerick. The Emmanuel okay. Community, as Fiona Ned says, mm-hmm. up in Belfast, centrally, down mm-hmm. the southeast and here in Limerick. So we have a little prayer group operating out of the pastoral centre. We're there on the second and fourth Tuesday of the month in okay. Denmark Street mm-hmm. in, the, in the prayer room there. Mm-hmm. So that's another point of contact with the community if people want to come and join us for prayer. So if I was t- seeing what it's like as a time of, of prayer, of testimony, mm-hmm. uh, friendship, fellowship uh, around the Lord, that we have time mm-hmm. of adoration at the end. So it, it's, it's calm and peaceful and really, I would say, refreshing. And and anyone and everyone is welcome to come. So that's the the second and fourth Tuesday of the month, starting at eight fifteen and finishing at nine forty five. So an hour and a half. 
Beautiful. There might be people listening to this program, maybe they might listen to it on the on the web, who might be in Galway or Cork. I assume they can still contact through the web, through your web page, yeah. and then maybe yeah. you can get some sort of relationship going, maybe over the phone well, or, or whatever. Yeah, well, Fiona and Ed mentioned we have community weekends, we have opportunities mm. where people can come and uh, spend time with us a, a day or uh, two days if they want, and we also have um, missions going here and there and everywhere, so you may watch out the Emmanuel community could be coming <laughs> to a parish near you and, yeah. and, uh, yeah. very soon so so watch out and well, indeed well. if there are if there are priests out there people on pastoral parish councils yeah. uh, write to us ask us to come we yeah. would love to come on mission because well, Emmanuel community came on a mission to Limerick in 2003 to the city actually and did a kind of a city mission based in schools and uh, Fiona and Ed actually were at that mission. It was, I think, their toe in the water at that stage in 2003. But um, it's, it's a great opportunity if, if you, uh, you know, for people who know nothing about the faith to learn something, okay. for people who know something to, to throw themselves into something, even if it's making tea or, or you know, going to, to help out even on, on the streets or whatever. What does this, uh, this weekend entail? This Emmanuel weekend. You mean it again? Yeah. Well, it's fun. Fellowship. <laughs> I, I want to know more than that before I go. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. So there's always time. There's, okay. of course, time for fun and, and, okay, and yeah, food. Yeah, yeah. Emmanuel is, is God with us, and, and we celebrate it. We really celebrate it. I can see it. I okay. can see it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So we do have time um, uh, of praise, and praise is a very big part. Yeah. Mm. You know, the, the kind of, I suppose, the, the looking upwards, really, from your yes. own life. Mm. And telling God how great he is and the more we tell him how great he is the more we realise he's absolutely beyond our, our wildest dreams in terms mm-hmm. of how great he is and how, how loving he is towards us and so, so we spend time in praise mm-hmm. him, uh, thanking him for all he's given us then we have time of, of uh, adoration mm-hmm. together and mm-hmm. one of the things about the community is we, we adore together we don't, we don't go to adoration on our own good we uh-huh. go together. So, That's Pierre, the Pierre Grisada, who's um, founder, one of the founders mm-hmm. of the community, his big thing was, you know, he, he would be in adoration and he would see other people around him and he'd mm-hmm. look and he'd see somebody really in deep adoration and that mm-hmm. would inspire him because he yeah. would be struggling. And I think that's why I suppose the name Emmanuel is very good because it's God with us. God it's with not us. God yeah. with me. Yes, yes. But it's God with us. Yeah. And, uh-huh. and through that, yeah. that experience of, of being... A following God together, I think mm. we're encouraged in the dark times because there's nobody without dark times. There's yes. no one that without suffering that sometimes can be almost unbearable. Mm. But together we, we carry it. Anyway, getting back to the community yeah, yeah, again, yeah. we have um, so a time where we learn. You know, because you have to learn about your faith. You can't. Okay, some part of it is experiential, and it's good to hear people's stories. Mm-hmm. But you need to find out more. I mean, I'm a scientist. Mm. In order to improve and, and better myself and, and help the people I, mm-hmm. I care for as, as a pharmacist, I have to study and I have had to study, keep mm. studying. Mm. And we need to learn our faith. The same with our faith. It needs mm. to travel, okay, part of it in the head and then the mm-hmm. heart and then into action, you know. Mm-hmm. So part of our action together is that we all have little services as well to do at the Community Weekend. So I'm involved in playing music and mm-hmm. everybody has a job could be setting the place up you know mm-hmm. you could be uh, on the wash up you could be doing things like that but uh, so it's a family it's a family atmosphere but very much um, people can be themselves mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and I would say for me 
if someone said to me about a community, I would have run 10 miles. I can tell yeah, you, yeah, 10 yeah, miles in yeah. the other direction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I thought these people would, would live in your ear. Yeah. Really be watching you. It almost was yeah. like a, a sect-like feeling. Yes. You know, a cult yeah. or something. Yeah. But in fact, I found the absolute opposite. And I suppose yeah. I can support what Fiona Ned said there, that oh. for me, I really got to know Jesus. It was like the difference between climbing a stairs and going in an escalator. Okay. Okay. You yes. are carried. You're carried along in yes. the escalator, yeah. um, and you're carried along to to the other people's lives, mm. how they live it, what you see in other people, mm. little things that can inspire you, mm. um, and also you don't worry too much on your own about your own weaknesses, your yeah. own sin. You're supported by the community. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Pierre had a great saying. He used to say, "Just advance." You know, he used mm. to be avance mm. in French, but it just meant just keep going. Keep going. So don't be looking. He said, "Don't worry about all those things that." trouble in the air that maybe you're half the time you're going the wrong direction. He says, that doesn't matter. You mm. just keep going little by little. And the Holy Spirit is, is a fire. He, he burn all that up. He'll take care of all of that. Just just keep going forward. And I think I think it's consoling when you hear that, that this man is a holy man now. He's, he mm. says his case for canonization started. So he, he he's on his journey, but he's also giving us, I think, timely words for our own time. Because these days, I think, People, I suppose, sooth. There's a lot of high standards out there. Mm. You know, mm. even for students in schools, young mm. people, whatever, mm. they, they they have to score the top the top marks. And really, the end of it all, not, not everybody can score the high marks. But no. we're all unique, precious, and loved by God. And each of us has a calling. Has something to do. Yeah, and it's exactly. And the world will not be the same without us. The world needs us. It needs each of us. Beautiful. And I think that's. You know, that's what a relationship with God does. It opens your life up so that you can be really you. Beautiful. And that's why it's worth really seeking him, seeking him all your life. Keep, keep seeking him. What a message. If somebody doesn't join the Emmanuel community after he listens to that, no, they never will. <laughs> Just a final, a final uh, maybe message, maybe both for Med first and maybe Fiona then, maybe to those people out there at the moment, uh, maybe jelly touching it there. People might be struggling with their faith, you know, in view of today's secular society and what it's so to people and so on and so forth. People who might be alone out there struggling a little bit. What would you like to say to them, Ed? I want them to know, first of all, that God definitely exists. Mm-hmm. If you have any doubts, put them away because I can tell you, God exists and the second thing is that God really loves you God really loves you and the third thing and I think this is very important too that God is interested in every little detail of your life no matter how small even if it's to find a parking space Even if it's to get something in the supermarket, you say, please God, help me with this. He is interested in every little detail of your life. And the reason why he's interested in every little detail is because he loves you. You are not alone. You are not alone. Beautiful. Fiona. Well, I would... Also, agree with the idea that mm. those are the thoughts that come into my mind. Mm. We're living life together, and I suppose it's no 
kind of surprised that we think along the same lines. I was going to say, yes, go and loves you. He does exist. He's interested in every single detail in your life. So give him a chance. Open your heart. That's all you have to do. He will find you. He is patient. Doesn't matter what age you are, what your background is, where you're from. He loves you. Just open your heart and he will make himself known to you. Beautiful. Thank you for that. Ed, there's one more thing I've got to ask you before we go. My wife, Anne, just reminded me there's a thing that 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 over the years we always notice when we still, when we we all experience going to mass and going to church and being in communities and so on and so forth. For some reason, it's mostly women that are there. There's so few men that are there. That's a good question, John. And what, you know, what do you think we could say to the men, Ed? You see, whenever I go to daily mass. It's mainly all women. Yeah. And it's a, it's a question I've thought, you know, why are the men not here? And I always think that women are actually more open mm. than men are. Oh, yeah. Men don't want to admit that they're weak. Mm. Mm. Men don't want to admit, I need healing. Yeah. A lot of men deep down inside they do need healed but they say to themselves oh I'm okay you know I'm Jack the Lad I'm cool mm, I'm mm, macho you mm. know I, I watch all these action films on TV you know yeah, there's no, absolutely yeah. nothing wrong with me yeah. I won't go to mass because if you go to mass yeah, that means that you know you need help you know yeah. I, I'm a man <laughs> you know I, yeah. I, I'm okay yeah. I'm superman yeah, you know I'm yeah. powerful mm. and I think what men need to do is to have the courage to admit that they're weak mm-hmm. to admit that you know they're not all powerful mm. you know that they can and are allowed to cry yeah. they're allowed to be emotional and they're allowed to believe in God you know mm. they're allowed to say yes God I need you I can't do everything on my own mm. even though I'm a man even though you know I'm supposed to be this superhero mm. I'm going to admit yeah God I need you so I just like men to be honest <laughs> lovely honest with themselves I like it what a way to finish the program listen lads thank you very much indeed it's been wonderful speaking with you and before we go Fiona would you would you pray with us please just for ourselves and for all those people who might be listening to this program those people who need inspiration uh, and need to know that God as you said loves them all thanks Fiona okay Jesus, we know that you're here present with us. We know that you're here this very second. We believe in you, Lord. We believe in your presence. We believe in your love. We bring before you now all the people, all of you who are listening to this program, Lord. We bring you, we bring them to you now. We bring them to you with their families and everything that they're living through. And we ask you to bless them, Lord, to pour out your graces over them and to continue to look after them, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Fiona and Ed Collins, thank you very much indeed. Thank you, John. God bless you. We'll see you again. 
So that was part two of the interview and the final part of Ed and Fiona's story, a beautiful story. Um, of course, they tell us there that they ended up buying the house in Paris de Montréal and uh, their introduction to the Emmanuel community and their experience since. And um, Gianni then joined us, Gianni and Creighton joined us at the end of the, that interview just to explain a little bit more about what the Emmanuel community get up to these days. So thanks again to Ed and Fiona and Geraldine for bringing us those wonderful stories. And I thought I'd play a little bit of music um, this particular week to finish off um, this part of the program. And it's um, it's by um, Patricia Burke from her album. The, the, it's, it's actually the Year of the Vocation song. And I thought it's an ideal piece of music to play. Um, and I'd like to dedicate this to to... Ed, Fiona, Giotta, and indeed all the Emmanuel community. So let's say this one is titled, You'll Be My Witnesses.
Sacred Space on West Limerick 102.